Hello everyone, this is Sam Ryan Hidari with another episode of uh, Sex, Lies and Lawyers. Uh, today we have another uh, very good guest, uh, Odie Carmona is a, a good friend of mine in Vegas community that has been around for a long time. Let's um, talk to Odie today. Okay. Hey. Hi. How are you? Good afternoon and welcome to the show today. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. So, thank you. And tell me about yourself a little bit as to how long you have been in Vegas. Well, I moved to Vegas in 1982. I've been married to my beautiful, gorgeous, good-looking husband for 41 years. And wow. we have a daughter. We have two gorgeous little grandkids. And then, of course, we have a great nephew and George Carmona. And, you know, our other nephew plays for San Jose State. So for 41 years, I've been here in uh, Las Vegas. I started my career in the casinos. I started at the Mint Hotel and Casino back in the day when the Mint uh, 400 used to be ran out of the Fremont. Wow, at that time. Exactly. Oh, okay. And uh, then I went to the Desert Inn. And my first day at the Desert Inn, I was so excited because I used to watch the Dantana show, Vegas. I walked the entire casino during my lunch hour just lunch to see, hour. oh my God, this is where they filmed this. What brought you actually to Vegas? My husband, my husband. Um, our families were next door neighbors in Cuba. Our moms were pregnant together in Cuba, okay? Oh, wow. okay. I was born in April and he was born in July of 61. To make a long story short, in 1981, his mom took him and his brother to a trip in Miami just to see the old family, you know, they were getting to be big and might have been the last trip that she can take with the big boys. Before together. the revolution. <laughs> oh, way before, before the revolution, because we left in 67 mm -hmm. and uh, my husband's family, Kiki, left in 1970. Wow. They came to Vegas because his father was in gaming in Cuba. So it was the yeah. automatic. And back in the influx of the 1970s, a lot of those people that were in gaming came to Vegas. So that, you know, they just had to learn the language. They knew the games. So it was an automatic for a lot of those political refugees during the 70s. Well, yeah. That's interesting. And you said that one of your um, cousins or nephews were working Are, for San Jose? Yeah, no. Uh, they played, played for, for San, San Jose. Jose yes. Yeah, Junior Carmona. Yeah, he plays oh, football. Okay. That's, yeah. that's so we're proud of that. Okay, know? so tell me about your history. Where did you start your, uh, started your career? Actually, well, the career in Vegas. Um, with um, actually after the casinos, I went into the state and I went into consumer affairs. Consumer affairs back in the day was the agency for the state that investigated all fraud investigations. Um, it's a had, part of the AG's office. Well, now it is. But what happened was, is that the agency used to handle all the complaints and then disseminate them to the proper area. So if you had a problem with a construction company, a pool company, let's say, um, you it went was a freestanding organization, exactly. not supervised by anyone. No, no, it was it was an agency through the state. It was supervised. But it was supervised by which department? Actually? Well, business AG? and industry. Business and industry. Okay. Correct. So then, the cases that if you saw fraudulent enough, then those cases were referred to the attorney general's office. Back in the day, it was um, my God, what it was called, uh, where they used to send those flyers where oh, you can buy land for you know, $15,000 and you own an island type thing. Telemarketers. Telemarketers. That was the big thing. Mm -hmm. So I worked in the unit, and since I spoke Spanish, I used to go undercover a lot, you know, for car repairs. That was another huge thing back in the day, car repairs, you know, where they said, oh, yeah, we changed the oil, but they didn't. So we worked closely that, you know, consumer affairs worked closely with, like, DMV to prep cars and stuff like that. And you actually went to a business, and, you know, they made sure after you got back, they checked and everything else. 
and yeah, it was really interesting. But and the agency any closed. Any memories of those days? Any of those cases that you investigated? Well, any of them that you were know, interesting? The, the ones that really um, always like I'm like, why? Were the door-to-door solicitations? Now, door-to-door solicitations is anyone that knocks on your door, or anytime you sign a contract that's away from the place of business. So let's say you're buying the biggest ones were door-to-door pots and pans. So they'd go around, of course, to the minority neighborhoods mm-hmm. and sell these pots and pans for you know a couple thousand dollars. I'm like, are you kidding? And then they kept paying and paying and paying. It was like a never endless thing. But by law, any time that you have a door-to-door solicitation or you're signing a contract anywhere away from the actual place of business, business. it falls under that. And they have to give you a three-day resigned, right to resign. So they have to give you a little piece of paper where it says... Any kind of the sale, even the services or any it's, uh, service, merchandise? It's usually merchandise, but also services. If you've repaired your computer or... The solar system that so, they are, you see that a lot of them knock at your door and say, a, we do the solar exactly. activity, they Those, walk in. If they don't give you when they, you know, when you go through the paperwork, mm-hmm. you have to have that three day. You have the right Grace to, period to exactly cancel the contract cancel. because it was, they were approached, solicited the business exactly. from them rather than going to their business. And those are business. the and those are the biggest ones. You know, those are the biggest frauds. Of course, in nowadays it's all digital. Did you bust at any group that no, they were I, doing that big? They want I was, to make a referral no, to the AG's no, 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 office. No. no, usually it was a team effort. So they kind of gathered. Then it went to the chief, and the chief dealt with the attorney general's office. Any interesting situation that you remember that uh, oh that was outrageous or it was crazy? Well, you know, one of them was actually was, um, geez, this was in the early 90s. It was Sunrise Hospital. And that's how the um, Office for Hospital Advocate came about because they started looking into auditing. And I'm talking many, many, many moons ago, so please don't have uh, Sunrise Hospital. Sunrise Hospital. To exactly. Come. But, it was at but you can year? Google it. You can Google it back in the day. And the charging system was really off. So they oh, audited they were fake charging, for example. Well, it or wasn't fake charging as much as I think it was more of the like like overcharging, like every needle, every every band aid, every piece of cotton. You know what I'm saying? It was like that. It should not have been in the separate not, ex- charging. Actually, it's a part of the service code. Exactly, actually. or something to that effect. So Unbundling actually, the code instead of the bundling them ex- as to the one ex- code actually to charge for the entire ex- thing under one code. That you're charging on the several codes. And hey, when was it? This was, I was there in 1992, 93, wow. 94. So that was many moons ago. And it was also back in the day when it was it wasn't a referral to the AGs actually at that it time? Was, yeah, it went to the AG's AG. AG started investigation yeah, yeah. and final And then lawsuit. from there, that's how the hospital, uh, the, what is it, the office of hospital patients came around, which is, and I don't know, I have to check to see if it's even still there, part of the uh, governor's office, but it actually reported to the governor's office, and that was the agency that, um, or the unit, that actually took care of any complaints against hospitals and doctors and that sort of thing, and they reviewed your medical bills for you, they helped you, it's a free service. Wow, interesting, that's interesting. And what kind of, um, usually it was that, that, Minority communities actually they were preyed on more than the other but one. But the thing is, it's it's the the bottom line is is that it's minorities going to minorities mm-hmm. because how is the best way to sell a product better than speaking the language? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it was one of those things. But they've they've stopped a lot of that now too because most people are buying online, and anybody who has a computer nowadays prefers Amazon. 
because it's free delivery, it's cheaper, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't see, other than the solars maybe, and even now they, they probably they're don't, not they're, they're anymore. not selling anymore. Them. So a lot of products back in the day that was, you know, sellable That's are not, um, like the Avon lady. You don't see an Avon lady knocking on your door. They usually, now it's a network, wow. you know? I see that you're wearing a jacket for the Rebels, UNLV, yes. my alumni. Actually. So am I. So am I. <laughs> I graduated from Boyd, actually. So Greenspun College of Urban Affairs. Oh, okay. So you were employed by UNLV as well? Yes, yes. Okay, what's your, your role I in UNLV? I worked there as the event manager for the foundation. The best job, the funnest job I ever had. Um, I did all the events. So, for instance, all the dinners at the donor's house, the dinners at the big uh, foundation dinner at the Bellagio. I did the uh, boxes for the football and the basketball for President Harder back in the day. Oh, wow. okay. So, you know, you got to meet a lot of people, and I just love events. I love it. You, know, you are still cooperating with UNLV? Well, I actually do because I still have a lot of friends there. Like, for instance, uh, Dr. Nicole Hudson. She does mm -hmm. workforce development over there. So we've been talking a lot. Um, from where I do now is workforce development and youth programs. And I met her through a committee that I used to staff, which was the Displaced Homemaker Committee. So through those you know, small pockets, you start meeting different people in the community. And then from there, then you start meeting other people. And before you know it, it's a network. So always you were as a public employee, actually, public servant. Exactly, a public servant, a okay. public servant. And when did you retire? Are you retired? Two days. I retired. My wow. first day of retirement was February 1st. And when was the, who was your last employer in this? Well, state? it was employment training and rehab. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so. Are, that's a tough job, actually. I yep. know that's a lot of effort and is rewarding as well. So tell me about your retirement plan. Well, my retirement plan really is, um, I don't have any right now. I just, um, I woke up yesterday for the first time and took my dog to the groomers on a Wednesday at what 10 a.m. What about the, being a TikTok or the... Instagram personality. We're getting her there. Sam. I don't have social media. Okay, I do. Facebook, but I can't remember the password and I couldn't tell you what it was. I went on to Instagram just to follow, you know, the kiddos type thing and that sort of thing, but I got tired of that too because, you know, I just, I don't know how to really do it, so I don't do anything. And again, I'm, I'm boisterous, I'm opinionated. And sometimes, you know, you read things and you cringe and you're like, <laughs> so it's like, I, why get my blood pressure up? You were born in here or in no, Cuba? No, I was born in, in Cuba. Cuba. That's I was okay. born in Cuba. So, and tell me about the, um, actually your entire employment in Vegas. How did you find that actually interesting? as a city because a lot of people they don't think that Vegas is well, a place to live let me, or it's a, it's for gambling only or there's no lifestyle. Let me just, That's the thing. We have a huge community actually, especially huge, Hispanic community. Yes. There is a one third is Hispanic or more possibly. Well, you've you, got the Puerto Rican Association, you've got the Nicaraguan Association and they kind of broken away because before it was like one huge, but they have enough where they do their own thing. But no, when I came here, I came from Miami. I graduated from Miami. And, uh, you know, Miami in 1979, you know, I'm what driving. What was your major? Your no, major? I, no, I graduated here in Vegas, but I went to school, high school. Oh, high school. High school in Miami. In Miami. Yes. So 1979 in Miami, you know, we had freeways and, you know, that sort of thing. So when I came here in 82, um, we lived on the east side on Tropicana off of Nellis, right? And I was like, why isn't there a freeway entrance, like, right here? 
Why do I have to drive all the way to Las Vegas Boulevard? So when they opened that freeway that, you know, you the now ramp. can get up on Flamingo mm -hmm. and I was ecstatic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, this is great. Finally. What was the population at that time? I couldn't here? even tell you, but I know that it was also probably million, up in the millions. Million. Yeah. Right now it's a three million almost. Yeah. So, yeah, because we grew right. The 90s was the big uh, growth spur growth, yeah. for the state. What was know? the what was the cause of it? Well, I think the cause was it was the trying of diversifying um, businesses. It was a big push, especially workforce development. The word itself has only been spoken about like in the last 10 or 15 years. And that came due to the stimulus in 2009 during the crash. Oh, okay. okay. So before that, our casinos were pumping, you know what I'm saying? So everybody wanted to come here because you made better money, you made good tips. The cost of living was, you know, a lot cheaper than any of our sister states around us. It still us. is cheaper. And it's still cheaper. Quality of life is better. Exactly. So all of a sudden now, the casinos are growing as well. The shows are getting bigger. The productions are getting bigger. Now computers are coming in the it's system. It's changing the nature of the money making. It's the entertainment versus the casino. Exactly. Actually. The casinos is shifting toward the entertainment. And that opened and a lot of... football, basketball, baseball, possibly is coming, yeah. and the NBA, and yeah. possibly. Let's see exactly. how it goes. Exactly. So all that opens up new, um, new jobs, new training. You know, now you have to know how to do the stage. You have to know how to do the lighting. So all that is part of new jobs available. And people know that. And it's like, hey, let me go get my certification in stage lighting. And boom, let me move to Vegas and find a job. So how you were involved in the Hispanic community and during the, the lifetime that you lived Well, here? at Consumer Affairs, I did a lot of workshops. Mm -hmm. So basically, how to become consumer savvy. Saber, saber lo que... Uh, wait, let me translate it correctly. Saber lo que es, es un consumidor. In other words, know what a consumer is, what your rights are. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of workshops over at Help Us Southern Nevada, United, of, uh, United Way, because, you know, we did it for free. Back in the day, it was all... And who were attending? The public? Hispanics, yeah, it was free. It's educational, free workshops, actually, exactly. for them not exactly. to learn their rights as a exactly. consumer. Exactly, exactly. How to buy a car, how to look, uh, what to look for in a contract. Um, how to rent an apartment, what are your rights, where do you go if your tenant is kicking you Being out? Being not of, discriminated based on the exactly. being Latino or something. Or, or whatever the, the case may be, or just any, 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 anybody really. You know, you have your rights, whether you're black, white, Hispanic, mm -hmm. you have your rights and you should know what your rights are, um, especially, you know, if you don't have that much. It was well attended at that time? Well, when we had Again, this is 1993, 94 before social media. So mm. it was all based on flyers and talking to other organizations that had participants that were in the program. That, that were, was the only means of the communication exactly. workshop. But when we had 20 or 25 people attend, we were excited. That was oh. 25 more that we educated and 25 less that'll be they cheated be down the way. They can be a messenger to exactly. take the message to other people exactly. that they talk about it. Actually. And most importantly is the youth programs. Um, I've mentored a lot of young people in my days. I, I love sharing my knowledge and my information because if I would have known back then what I know now, mm -hmm. oh my goodness, you know, who knows what, what I could have become. But it's always, you know, not knowing, the parents not knowing. Our parents did the best they could and they did a one hell of a job coming to a country without the language and getting to work and putting food on our table, a roof over our heads and getting us to school. And that's why we came was to better. 
and mm -hmm. I've bettered my mom, and my daughter has bettered me. So we've done our job as a third-generation Cuban-American family. But uh, we have to what educate. What your daughter is doing? She's a teacher. She's. I'm very proud to say, uh, Nikki's got two masters. So wow, yeah, yeah. From UNLV. Yeah. Well, no. No. She That's ran. She no, no. Uh, she ran with the pack. Okay. She went to UNR. UNR. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know. okay. So yeah, it was like, uh, but she went. So she the went bottom she line. Came back? Yeah, she came back. Okay. That's and she's good. giving back okay. to the community as well. So. So she's teaching private school or the uh, Slam Charter Academy. Uh, oh, Slam yeah. Charter all Academy. actually, yeah. Um, our family are all educators, except for. Uh, Gail, my sister-in-law, myself, that we've done something different than educate. You know what I'm saying? She's in business, but I did state government, and you know I do a lot of did a lot of youth programming, um, workforce development, especially in our youth, workforce readiness camps, that sort of thing. That you see that the same issues we talked about 20 years ago with our kids, blah 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 blah. It's 20 years later, but now you double impacted with the COVID that came, mm -hmm. and with you know. Uh, YouTube and all the stuff you have, you know, how do you get these kids off of that and getting trained to go to work someday? So why you are not doing the workshops online as to the Hispanic community and educate them on a show or something? Again, That's going online. To reach a lot of people or the, with the did Instagram. Did you not just hear me that I have no idea on social media? <laughs> but, uh, I'm lucky I know how to do my phone George and send those cute emojis. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> George, George can happen. Happen. you know it's funny you say that because I actually have um, eight week workshop broken down every week because I used to do a youth program for students and I used to have them work 32 hours a week Monday through Thursday and Friday was the educational day so we went through how to have a checking account how to open it what the responsibilities are etc et so that's a good idea because we are in the Hispanic community as well because I have a specific brand for Hispanic community avogados con experiencia.com we are the lawyers actually we're trying to brand it in the actually promote it and educate possibly we can help you actually to promote actually those educational yes on our podcast for the avocados as well definitely That's whatever i can help yes. the studio with Each is time our you pleasure can just educate the community as to different stuff because i'm persian i came here in 2008 i went to unlv only for law school 2008 and then I started after that my own firm and I clerked for the judge here actually what judge uh, judge scan oh, 29 okay. passed away and I worked with other judges during that time and then I started litigation and then I opened up my own firm after two years of practice that's good with other people so we will be in touch and definitely. great and possibly we can help you you can help us definitely that's it, definitely anything we can do thank you very much right. for coming on the show it's and we will be pleasure. in touch thank Alrighty. you thank you thank Have you bye-bye okay that's a real